what we focus on with our clients is becoming trusted advisors to them. And sometimes that means a detriment to ourselves. So we have a rule here that if we're upselling to a client, do we genuinely believe they need what we're selling to them? You know, and, and if they don't, don't bother selling it because, you know, a lot of our clients we've worked with five years now, we have a really good relationship with, with the founder or the owner. And I don't want to jeopardize that for, for a quick buck. Hi, everyone. This is Joshua Hoffman and Alex Garashenko, and welcome to another episode of the Masters in Marketing Agency podcast, where we deconstruct the why and how agency owners found their success. And in season three, this is episode one, discuss the community side of marketing. Today, I have Henry McIntosh, the director of 2112 Marketing, a marketing agency that helps businesses consistently generate quality new business inquiries. Welcome, Henry. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. From all the way across the pond. And uh, speaking of ponds, I guess I want to open up with a story that you mentioned to us last time. Um, and that is that you grew up right next to, I guess, Henley on Thames. I, I hope I'm saying that right, which is a big rowing city. Uh, and you had some very interesting visitors stay at your parents' house during one of the regattas. So uh, can you tell us who that was and why they stayed with you? Yeah, absolutely. So good pronunciation, first of all. Um, <laughs> and and it's, it's actually a really tiny town. So think that it population of like 11,000 people. But then when this regatta's on, it's the Royal Regatta. So people come from all over the world, hundreds of thousands of visitors um, come every year for it. So it's a massive event. And we, my family always hosted rowers. So they put rowers up. So they'd stay with us, they compete. And one year we had the Winkelvoss twins stay with us. Um, so it was only one of them. It was Tyler. I, I think from memory, I was quite young at the time. Um, and he he must have been rowing for Harvard at the time. So he stayed with us. Um, yeah, which is is quite cool. And and actually, as an agency, we derive our name from the regatta. So the length of the course is is 2,112 meters. Um, and we wanted to kind of position ourselves in the town because the town's quite a well-known entity within England and, and beyond in certain areas. So we wanted to give ourselves a brand story and we used the regatta to to do that. I didn't I didn't know that uh name part. Uh thank you for throwing that in there. And then there's a scene in social network where they're rowing in England. Is that supposed to be the same course? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. So yeah. he's with the kind of host dad, um, I think, which which never actually happened. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, it, it, it was Henley Regatta. So there you go. It's kind of a weird connection. Then obviously we watched the social network, watched it all unfold and we were like, wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's something else, right? You stayed at our house, but I mean, we've also had like Olympic gold medalists day. And what's really cool about some of the rows is we had, um, a South African force day once and, my dad was kind of like, I think they're really good. They're the South African national team. So he decided to Google them and they were Olympic gold medalists. And they didn't tell us that. They were super humble. They just got on with it. Um, and, and they went and I think they won won the tournament as, as you'd expect them to. But it is cool who you, who you can meet for it as well. 
That's amazing. I social network the movie. Uh, it's one of my top five favorite movies of all time. And anytime I need like some oomph in my entrepreneurship or, you know, just some like motivation, I literally watch that movie. I get so pumped when I watch that movie. Um, so now let's fast forward a few years into your college uh, where you set up a successful company during, I guess it was the summer of your first year. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So it was me and one of my friends and and we were uh, pretty skint as we'd call it in England. So we had no money. Um, and we were, we just got together and we said, look, let's do a zoom call or whatever platform it was at the time, probably like Skype. And we were like, we're, we're going to come up with an idea to make some money. Um, and at the time when you joined our, our university as a fresher, um, you get given a pack and you get given this pack of like goodies, which is like stuff that's going to help you right in, in your first week and fun stuff. Um, and at the university, it's divided up into different halls. So all of these different halls have sports teams. Um, they have their own logos. They have their own chance. There's like rivalries between them. So we decided to leverage that. And what we came up with was creating these branded shot glasses and we added the logo of all the halls to the shot glasses. Um, and then rather than selling them individually, we went to the people who ran the halls and ran the Freshers Week. And we said, hey, we we can put these in your Freshers packs. Would, would you like them? So we were selling like 400 in one go to, to some of the halls. And not all of them went for it. Um, and, and we did this and, and we were quite successful with it. Um, and then we got an email from the university and we were like, oh no, what, what have we done? And they were like, you need to stop doing it. You're encouraging irresponsible drinking. And this is probably where, where the kind of interest in marketing came from, because we went back and we were like, actually, we're encouraging people to measure what they drink <laughs> because, you know, a shot glasses is a measurement after all. And, and amazingly, they let us get away with it. Whether they just thought it's not worth the fight, you know, yeah. pedantic university students, we're not going to bother. So we kept it going um, for another couple of years um, and then just sort of parked it when, when we we're out of university and, and looking for jobs. Did you learn anything building that company that you take to your current company? Um. I mean, it, you know, it, it was super small. So it, it's difficult to call it a company because it was me and him. We we like added these stickers to the shot glasses ourselves, like hundreds of them, well, thousands of them. And then we delivered them ourselves in his like clapped out old banger of a car. Um, and, and if I learned any lesson, it was actually that the, the probably the main thing was not going because I think when when you're younger, you think every business is kind of you're you're going direct to consumer, right? And you're so focused on the consumer, especially when you have a product like that. And what we realized was it was so much easier to find the right individual, hit them with the right message at the right time, um, which included a lot of benefits to them, right? Because they've got this budget to spend and they don't really know what to put in these packs. You know, what's going to be interesting? What's going to be cool? I want it to be better than the other halls. So finding the right person, the right message, the right time. And we've really, I suppose we have really taken that on with 2112 because a lot of our clients are in quite high ticket spaces. So the target markets are super finite. And it was the same here. There were only 
I don't know how many there are, but like 12 halls, right? So there were technically 12 people we were really reaching out to. So you either succeeded or you didn't, right? Um, and with 2112, some of our clients are in like engineering and very specific areas of engineering where they they have a finite amount of uh, people they can actually reach out to. So we can't upset them or spam them. It's got to be spot on in terms of the messaging that, that we send to them. So yeah, I suppose, I suppose learn that and learn how to maybe deal with a little bit of bad press in terms of um the the university come back at us but yeah that's that's probably about it yeah and one thing i just want to flag there because we're going to bring it up in in another second um is that you kind of came up with a different way of selling or you, you know I almost would call like tier one thinking where, you know, oh, I can just sell to the students, right? And like, yeah, you could do that, but it's very one, 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 like, you know, all the sales are individual um, as, as opposed to kind of go, I guess you'd call it B2B, you know, it wasn't, I don't know if it was technically a business, yeah. the hall itself. Um, but I just want to highlight, cause I, I want to get back to it in a second that you did a different way of just instead of direct selling, there was kind of a, a different way of getting around it or a partnership. So before I rebring that up, um, I just want to kind of talk about your current business right now, 2112 Marketing. Uh, can you just tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, for sure. So um, we've been going for eight years now. Um, we are a hybrid agency. So during the pandemic, we had an office. No one stepped foot in it for six months. And it was costing us a lot of money. So we got rid of it. Um, so we've got employees in London and the home counties. Um, and we're, we're a small team. So there are only five of us. Um, but what we feel really makes us different is that we focus on what we call commercial collaborations. So it's a form of partnership marketing effectively, but we've kind of added our, our own stamp on it. So a lot of the, the projects and, and especially the challenges our clients are facing are around how to generate leads, but also how to generate quality leads. So they our clients don't really need volume. They, they need the right leads that aren't going to waste their time. Um, and, and so that's that's kind of where, where we come in. And we're industry agnostic. So our clients vary from hospitality to sport to financial services, engineering, education. So it's massively broad, which I suppose for a demand generation agency can, can be a bit strange because a lot of the best ones, I would say, are industry specific. But really, our niche is about we come at it from a partnerships angle. Yeah, I, I think that's great. And obviously, you know, we we are announcing, I guess, season three uh, being, you know, we're trying to build a community with a lot of the alumni that come as guests and essentially try to share services um, with each other and, and partner when you need help. And you obviously, you know, last time we spoke, you helped us through that a lot. Um, but I guess my, I'm wondering, you know, how did you actually land on that type of service? Did you start from the get-go with that type of thing? Or um, did you run into a project that you weren't getting any kind of attention and then you try something different? Like, how did that all come about? Yeah, I wish we started with it. I'd, <laughs> you know, be sat in the south of France right now if, if we did. But um, no, it's been a long journey. It's been a long journey. And, and in terms of our clients and who we work with, we're forever talking to them about you know, what's your point of difference? What makes you different from your competitors? And we work with a lot of companies who they, they might be in highly competitive spaces where their service or their product gives them no point of difference whatsoever. So mortgages, wealth management, 
uh, are good examples of that where really anyone worth their salt should be offering a similar level of service. So with that in mind, we were looking at our own brand. And, and when we first started out, we had a niche and our niche was that we were an agency that specialized in working with luxury brands. So that was really from born out of my freelance career where I started as a luxury copywriter. Um, I worked for uh, a luxury magazine as a journalist and, and things like that. So we started with that luxury niche. And what happened was we we were getting really good good results in in luxury, but we were also getting offered other projects which were just too good to turn down when when you're in your infancy and you're going, wow, they, they can pay a lot. And what we tended to find with luxury was it was a little bit all fur and no knickers. So it's a lot of pomp and it's a lot of, hey, you know, it's super expensive products. But actually, in terms of cash in the bank, if you want to work with really, you know, cash positive businesses that are going to invest in their marketing and reinvest when you get them results. Actually, what we what we found eventually was those spaces like engineering and financial services were the ones where we could kind of consistently work with them, consistently generate results and get 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 paid our worth, you know? Um, and in terms of finding this commercial collaborations angle, it actually happened, we worked with, um, and this is going to sound really weird because I'm a trained copywriter and our website was rubbish like two two years ago. And we'd write it and rewrite it internally and we'd never do anything with it. Um, and eventually I said, you know what? I I'm the problem. I'm the bottleneck. So we outsourced it to uh, a company we'd met, creative duo, a copywriter and a designer. And they took it and they ran with it and they worked with us on, on our proposition and our positioning. Um, and, and that kind of made us look at our most successful case studies. And we looked at them and we were like, what's the trend between them? Should we just specialize in financial services? Or, you know, it, it never feels like we should be niche to an industry because our client, we're getting really good results for people in hospitality or engineering. Like, we don't want to lose that. Um, and what we realized was every single case study we had, there was an element of partnership marketing, a, a really strong element. So I kind of looked at that and felt, really really stupid when it kind of hit me slap in the face and i turned to my team and i was like we're, we're rebranding to the commercial collaborations agency and they were like that, that sounds a bit impulsive you know i wanted to do it instantly as soon as i saw it i was like this is it this is who we are this is our point of difference but yeah it took me probably the best part of seven years to to realize it so if anyone's listening who's struggling to differentiate themselves, you know, as a trained copywriter, it, it took me seven years, which probably says, says a lot. That's interesting. Cause I mean, I've had the same issue on our end as well. Um, for example, our doodle applications website is as you would put it rubbish right now. We haven't updated in a long time. We've gone, we've started to update it multiple times and we just started it again. So hopefully this time it goes through. Um, but our dev noodle site where we focus um, on our subscription stuff, um, we initially worked with another agency to help kickstart it. And then we took it over. So it's it's interesting how like you worked with another copywriter 
to kind of act as the catalyst um, to make that change. And through it, you found a way to completely change your business. I think that speaks a lot to ultimately like collaborations in the marketing industry. Yeah, for sure. I think I think it's so powerful. Um, and and it sometimes admitting to yourself when when you are the bottleneck um, and and getting in the way of, of your mm-hmm. progress because it can be really difficult, right, to see it for for yourself. Um, and and when you're kind of going round in circles like we were, um, you, you just need to reach out. And and I think you're right in terms of marketing, in terms of collaborations within marketing. We, we all know an agency that calls themselves full service mm-hmm. and they've got like two people and their dog working for them. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. absolute rubbish, right? It's, you can't possibly be full service. Um, yet they won't refer any work out. They'll take on every project under the sun from mm-hmm. SEO through to, um, you know, what, whatever else that there is out there, graphic design, all sorts of different things, videography, and they they become an outsource agency and they become like this sales machine with very limited expertise. Um, and, and actually in, in the UK, what's kind of thriving right now are these collectives of agencies. So especially independent agencies mm-hmm. where, uh, and, and one of which is Pimento, which, which we're part of, which is a collection of the independent marketing and advertising agencies or, or some of them. And they've got around, I don't know, 100 plus members. But everyone kind of, there's overlap between us. But a lot of people have their nuances. They they have their specialism. And it encourages you to go when a project lands on your desk. And we know how hard it is when you're starting out. You you kind of take on everything, right? There's that Richard Branson thing of never never saying no, just figuring out how to do it, which actually is just, really dangerous advice in marketing because mm-hmm. it take you years to figure it out and then it's changed but it, it kind of encourages you then to refer and what happens when you start referring really openly and being really generous with it is people start to reciprocate and people start to give you leads back which are right for you and when you get the right projects and you have the processes in place to execute for them that's when things start to fall fall into place really so I, I just realized, hey, I, I need to refer it to Kieran and Simon. They're called agency mm-hmm. called Sold. Um, and, and they're just just fantastic. So, you know, even if I lost copywriting work to them as a result of this call, I wouldn't begrudge it at all because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes they, well, there's loads of work out there, right? Um, and it's about doing the work that's that's right for you. Yeah, absolutely. And um yeah, so as as part of season three of this show, we're planning to go into building the community now that we have approximately 50 episodes on under our belt with this mark with this show. Um, we've interviewed a lot of marketing agency owners, and it was interesting is the conversation with you was kind of a, a pivotal point for for us. Josh and I really from that point started talking about let's build the agency. Or uh, let's 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 build a um, the community for the agencies. And um, what was interesting is in in our uh, discovery call in preparation for this podcast, which we actually ended up. It was so good that we ended up publishing. So if you're listening to this, it's it should be attached. We're going to work with our production team to make sure it is as a bonus footage. It's like 
like 10, 15 minutes, but it's, it's great. So give that a listen. Um, you went through and you actually created, you gave us a framework um, of the commercial collaborations, which I think we're going to use as the source to build this community. I mean, it's still in flux and we'll figure it out. But can you go through and tell us kind of the framework? You you were telling us that there's three different segments of collaboration, then add in whatever else, because that was so valuable. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, when when we started this journey, this repositioning, we we looked at our different case studies. And, and the reason I think we'd never noticed the partnership marketing element is because each of them has its nuances and, and quite big differences between the way we approached each one. Um, but they were all driven by how do we get the best commercial results for our clients. So what we actually found was that we we categorized it into four different chunks. The first one being reciprocal. But the problem with reciprocal is we're talking referrals. And referrals can be uh, unpredictable and really difficult to scale. So we're talking about when you join a networking event, right? Um, you know, these networking events like a, a BNI or networking group, sorry. And you have one discipline for every single seat. And you just refer to the, the people opposite you, right? So the lawyer in the room refers to the accountant and vice versa, who refers to the wealth manager. And, and it goes on and on. And, and we've always kind of been like, how, how do you scale referrals within a business because referrals are the lifeblood of, of most businesses and they're the easiest to convert right so we we were kind of like reciprocal um kind of leads with you know it has its place but that's not something we, we're going to look at today we're going to look at how you you know create if you're a wealth manager and you know you can sell to lawyers and accountants are your best referral partners how do we create a massive community of lawyers and accountants who see you as the go-to authority? Um, so yeah, aside from that, we we categorize the, the other three. And the first is value exchange. So a value exchange is a non-financial agreement between two or more complementary but non-competitive uh, businesses, or, or it could be an individual even, um, that, that drives commercial results. So the the example I just gave um, is actually a, a, an example that is one of our case studies for a wealth management client who came to us and their clients, they'll only work with people with over a million pounds in funds under management. So it's super difficult to, to reach those people and build trust with them. And, you know, they're, they're not going to compete on Google, they're, they're a small business that they're going to get squashed by the big guys. So we needed a different approach. So what we looked at was, okay, your best referral partners are lawyers and accountants. What we know about lawyers and accountants is that they have to undergo about 20 hours of CPD every year. So why don't we make ourselves one of the, or our clients, sorry, one of the um, areas that they get these CPDs from? So this continuous professional development, let's provide that as a resource to them. And let's build it up so that from a partner to an associate, all of them can benefit because the associate will one day become the partner, right? And we'll position um, our client, both for wealth management, as the go-to authority. So the idea behind the CPDs and behind the marketing for Beaufort was we will empower you as a, as a law firm or an accountancy practice to offer 
um, to enhance your client offering by educating you on financial planning effectively. Um, and, and what kind of happened from there was we, we get people along to these webinars, these CPDs, and we position Beaufort as the authority and the referrals have ticked up. We also create a newsletter around it, um, a lot of LinkedIn content, and we angle it not at their end client, it's all at the strategic partners. So the value exchange is kind of, okay, the lawyers and the accountants win because they tick off CPD and they they maybe enhance their service. Our client wins because they generate referrals at scale that don't waste their small team's time because they're coming from highly educated referrers who understand what quality lead looks like to them. Um, and, and the trust is already built, right? So they can mm. convert. So that's kind of the value exchange. And, you know, we've got some other examples of that where we've generated enterprise level leads by actually partnering one of our clients with their own clients to create content. Um, and, and then the next two, uh, we have incentivized. So this is where you offer commission for referrals. So we did this for a mortgage broker. Um, we knew estate agents were a great referral of business for them. So we went out and we targeted independent estate agents. And we used a case study of someone they previously worked with. And we went, look how much you, you can earn. And we helped this mortgage broker structure everything about this from the messaging to how much they should pay their introducers. Um, and we took it to market. And over, I think it was 12 months, we gained them nine new introducers into the business. The top two were averaging just under 40 leads per month in, into this business, but they were all super high quality leads and they were paying out. Um, I think they it, it, it generated the top two generated just under 20K in revenue per month for, for the business. So as a small mortgage broker, it wasn't insignificant, right, in, in terms of that revenue. And then you've got seven other partners that, that are referring to you as well. But obviously, we were paying quite a healthy commission on that. But the idea behind it was, okay, look, we'll pay you for the mortgage we write, but any business we do after that, the client is ours, right? So you get commission on the first, first bit of work. And we knew, you know, if you get a mortgage, you're probably going to buy life insurance, right? Because you don't want to leave your partner in the lurch. We also knew that our communications for them were good enough that we might upsell them private medical insurance. We might upsell them income protection, which which are products over here that um, you know a lot of people will will buy into. So we knew the lifetime value of the customer would be great enough that it, the the initial commission wouldn't matter. So we actually paid a sort of market leading commission to acquire the estate agents. So we went about five percent above what most people would offer because it, we just knew let's acquire the clients, let's spend a lot on acquiring them and we'll nurture them over time. And over time, that lifetime value will go up. And the final one is what we call sponsored um, collaborations, where you take a smaller brand and you, you know, it might be a brand no one's ever heard of. So they've got really low trust. They might be a startup brand looking to gain traction quickly. And what we look to do is partner them with a bigger brand or a household name who has the no like trust of their ideal target market. But what's in it for the bigger brand? Why, why would you be bothered about this? So effectively, we call it sponsored because we pay. We pay to play. So we go to them and we we offer to pay them a certain amount. 
some some bigger brands already have have this set up right and will be open to it others you've got to negotiate with them um which often can lead to a reduced fee because you can kind of come and go well we're opening a new revenue stream for you here we'll, we'll give you an idea about how that could work but you know let's let's sort something out so we did this for another mortgage broker um who we uh partnered with a really well-known travel brand and this was a startup mortgage broker they had no data to their name whatsoever and we partnered them with this well-known travel brand in in the uk called lastminute.com you might have them in the us I, I don't know but they they have a million subscribers right and we paid for to reach a segment of their subscribers we decided to run a competition in tandem with lastminute.com. Um, and basically the, the competition would appear on all their channels. But what we also knew was competition data is rubbish. So what we made every entrant do, entrant do sorry, um, is they'd have to complete a quiz. They'd have to complete a quiz about their homeowner status. So did they own their own home? If they did, when did the initial term on their mortgage end? Did they have life insurance? If they didn't own a home, were they looking to buy? And if so, when? So we send them down this quiz. And by virtue of this collaboration, we took um, the mortgage client from naught to 10,000 subscribers in just over a month. We also generated about 100 sales qualified leads directly from the competition. And then what we were able to do is take that 10,000 segment them up based on their answers to to the quiz and hit them with highly personalized um outreach from from then on so what what that's done over the past 18 months has actually led to a consistent flow of leads because we're not hitting first time bars up with buy to let mortgage information or irrelevant information um and it also gave our client this um repeatable structure so they they realized that actually partnerships and through collaborations they could grow and they could grow incredibly quickly so they've leveraged that and, and gone on to partner with other businesses that that kind of suited them um so so that's kind of the three value exchange sponsored and incentivized any, uh, any campaigns that you weren't sure was going to work uh and either did or didn't or you know maybe something that you weren't sure was going to tie to the original service enough or whatever it is any, anything like that yeah for sure i think i think i'd go back always in value exchange you're, you're kind of like um it, it's a bit more content marketing focused where's the incentive so the the one that stands out for me is our client profitability so they do gamified learning um, solutions for enterprise level companies. So their their clients are people like PepsiCo, AstraZeneca, and when they came to us, they had a new CEO. It was um, January 2020, so we were hurtling into lockdown. Um, I think we went in in March 20, 2020 over here, and their whole lead gen strategy is 30 30 year old business. I think their whole lead gen strategy was around events. And this caused two problems, basically. First was the pandemic, obviously. The second was there are only three or four relevant events every year for them. So they were like, we need to diversify. We need a, a different approach. And they wanted more enterprise level leads. So it was no easy task. So when I went in, I was, I was skeptical about what we could do because I was like, we haven't actually done enterprise level lead generation before. 
you know, who are the partners here we could work with? And the partners weren't very forthcoming at first. And I thought, we're, we're going to struggle here. And in the end, we we took a step back and we looked at who was, what was their strongest asset? And their strongest asset was actually their clients. Their clients were the super well-known brands, right? PepsiCo, AstraZeneca. The decision makers there, had, they had great relationships with, you know, like the learning and development directors at these companies. So we flipped it on its head. And rather than partnering with other businesses who had access to the target market, we partnered with the target market itself. We partnered with the learning and development directors at their client companies. And we started doing uh, webinars, which were invitation only for senior leaders, which featured panel discussions with profitability clients. So people like those learning development directors of PepsiCo and AstraZeneca. And what it did was we realized that often within your network, you have a load of your peers. So I don't know about you guys, but within my LinkedIn network, it's tons of marketing agencies. We ran an event the other day and we had out of a room of 26, I think we had five agencies there because they're good referral partners. But if you wanted to target marketing agencies, you know, a, a good way to do it is to, to actually look at other marketing agencies' networks, right, and leverage those. So by, by virtue of this collaboration and, you know, we got the learning and development directors to share it out to their network, post it on LinkedIn, stuff like that. We were driving in really good people into these webinars and it was creating really good discussions we sent surveys post and what we did was we gathered data on an insight from these leaders who were attending and eventually we turned it into this 30 page white paper and we went we took this white paper and we did classic cold outreach where we took it to all their competitors and went to coca-cola and we said hey do you want to see uh the what the learning development director at PepsiCo is up to. And they were like, yeah, of course. Send, send me the white paper, started conversations that way. And we generated some really quality leads with people like Deloitte, IBM, Microsoft, Just Eat, Danone. But, but the proof's in the pudding. And with us, it's always about conversion. And from the previous year to, to the year, um, that year that we're working with profitability, they saw their sales increase. 80% year on year. So I'm not putting that just down to our strategy. We we were the only marketing agency they were working with, the only marketing function they had. Um, but the new CEO was super dynamic as well. But so so we were pretty proud and we still work with them now um, a few years on. So that relationship's kind of blossomed and we found a kind of, uh, again, we found a strategy that works for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. Um, go ahead, Josh. Oh, yeah. I was gonna ask, um, do you have any do you have any initial thoughts as we as we build our community as to how we would position other agency in our, like for example, for you in our community, what would be the best way for us to position you in the community? It could be any type of medium um that we want. Um but if you had to tell your story of what your agency does and the point of difference that you have to other marketing agency owners, what do you think would be the best the best method or medium for it? Is is in the the messaging specifically or kind of the, the um, channel? 
I would say more in the less the messaging, um, more of the um, like the like the strategy, like a couple of ideas just to kind of show you where where my head's at. Um, I was thinking potentially we can do clips. We ask each marketing agency owner what makes you different from other marketing agency owners, and we attach it to potentially a profile within the community so that people can see like, okay, here's a sixty second clip of what makes. Henry's age, Henry and his um, twenty one twelve agency different, uh, and people can watch that. The other one is potentially like roundtables. We were thinking of we would do a roundtable around a specific topic, invite certain people, um, certain owners that are specialized in that area to be kind of like the panel potentially, and then others can just come and join and learn uh, to create coming that like the. Um, um value exchange that you mentioned in the first example so along those ideas that's that's what we're kind of brainstorming right now yeah i I think that both both great ideas right i think that there's also an, an element to building out your profile so kind of you know linkedin won't tell you so much but you could have a profile so you have your six second video you have some case studies you mm. maybe have some text as well just depending on who you are, like quite often I, I prefer reading, to be honest, watching video, which mm-hmm. sounds a bit silly, but I, I quite often find I can just get through it quicker. Um, yeah. But also, like, I think there's there's an interesting point around proximity and who you work with well. So that there's always kind of a food chain, isn't there? And I don't mean that in terms of size. What I mean by that is there are certain businesses that are more predisposed to referring to certain other businesses so you know and it depends where you come in the cycle so if you're a branding agency you're right at the start of that journey of regeneration right and you may or may not do websites and if you're specialist you probably don't and you probably refer it to the web designer who refers to the copywriter so on and so off so on and so forth sorry and sometimes it's difficult for you always feel like you need to reciprocate, but sometimes it's difficult because of your place in the food chain that you actually, it's very difficult to go back, right? So a copywriter, you you write the website, but you're always at that point where you're you're only needed for, for that side of things and maybe ongoing and your clients rarely come to you for, for the website. So it's maybe understanding that in terms of who you work well with, who you want to reach and just being super direct about that um because it can be helpful right because i think why some of the networking groups i've worked with in the past haven't worked is because kind of that there's this idea that you can work with everyone Mm -hmm. um and you end up taking the same meetings over and over again with people who, who you can't really you can only refer to them and you feel like they can never refer to you so we get loads of meetings with videographers because they feel hey it's perfect you've got a lot of hospitality you've got some sports clients and everyone needs video right but we end up inundated with them but we've never had a referral from a videographer so i'd kind of be like look i'm I'm more than happy to to talk to some of them but i want look can we minimize that a little bit and can can we actually start talking to say some some agencies that might be better suited to us right like maybe a pr agency would suit us us better if we could you know get get to see some of them more so 
I think he's been quite quite direct about it. And, and naturally, when you sit in these networking events, you end up in a click, uh, a click, don't you? So you end up referring to the same two people out of a room of 20. Mm-hmm. And these networks kind of become similar. So it's important to understand what silo you're operating in, but also, like I love the, the roundtable idea, the, the discussions you mentioned is really powerful because um, it, it just educates everyone, right? Like I'd love to join some that, you know, if you had an SEO discussion, mm-hmm. it, it might empower me to understand how to refer them better. I'm, I'm never going to sit down and start an SEO agency, but it, it would be helpful, right? So yeah, that, that would kind of be my take. I'm not sure whether that's helpful or not, but I kind of think, mm-hmm. yeah, portal with or profile mm-hmm. and you could just also it's searchable, right? You could search for who you want any one time. Mm-hmm. So it, it picks up those keywords like, I need partnership marketing. Okay, I'm just going to type in partnership. Who comes up? Okay, 2112 come up and this other agency come up. I'll go speak to both of them. I'll refer my clients to both of them and they can choose who's best out of the pitch. So that's that's kind of what I would see, but I don't know whether you're sat there thinking that's a lot of work. No, that sounds great. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, you you went in into like the makings of a profile right? Like initially, I don't know what to put on the profiles thinking video. Um, but the other points that you mentioned, back to my notes, like case studies, having links out to those, where in the cycle they fall into. Um, you know, who do you well work well with? Who do you want to reach? Um, and then like the give and take, right? It's, you may give to, to videographers, but in the in terms of the take, you want to meet more of something else so yeah yeah, yeah for sure so, yeah it's, it's always got to be a way off and i don't think a lot of the communities because they're so commercially focused in in terms like in terms of trying to extract money out of their members i would say they kind of lose sight of that and it's about it becomes about statistics and it becomes about well, we did get you 10 meetings this month. And it's like, yeah, but you wasted my time with nine of those meetings. And actually, if we could, I get that I've got to provide value into the network. But, you know, if we could make it that 50% of the time I'm supporting people who could supply me and my clients and the other 50% I'm, I'm pitching prospecting, that's something I'm willing to do because a community is about give and take, right? You you've got to be putting stuff in. You can't be all take. That's not how it works. So I think it's finding that really careful balance. And also, if you guys are coming at it in terms of with the vision of, hey, we're running and we're creating this community to, A, you know, maybe upskill your your staff and stuff like that, but also to generate leads for your own business, it's maybe a better model than, Kind of you're looking to monetize the community itself in a straight up, you know, you pay a subscription fee right. or you take a, like what Pimento do is they take a 10% cut of uh, any business that's referred in the network, which mm-hmm. which is fair enough. But, you know, we've had, we, we had a major um, like asset management firm come to us once and we're like, we can't deal with this. They're way too big for us. So we referred it into the network. 
And it was very interesting because this contract that was on the table was about a million a year, right? Um, and the the agency said, there's not enough margin in this for us to give away 10%. Wow. So at, at that certain point, you know, that at those levels, they were like, you know, we we hmm. can maybe, can we negotiate that? Because we're hmm. going to get, their procurement are going to squash us, right? Mm-hmm. And they're going to make sure that there isn't loads of profit margin. They didn't end up winning it, but it kind of, this was years ago, and it kind of opened my eyes to that actually when when you're talking about profit margins especially at that level mm-hmm. you know you you've got to be you've got to be a bit bit more careful and maybe the network doesn't work and maybe there's got to be tiers or you remove the percentage altogether right interesting yeah i mean we we started this podcast off of that notion is to to get leads um our main target market is marketing agencies and the production team that helps us with this is Podcast Chef, and they've done a great job. So they go, we together with them identified our our target market on LinkedIn, and similar to, so it was it was actually them reaching out to you through my profile, um, and then seeing um, if you know if you're a fit. We did the discovery call. Obviously, that was great in and of its own. We learned a lot, and so it it, it leads us into it. Um, so the progression of this show has led us to this community aspect and more than seeing the community be monetized i just see the community as just an asset for the organization like in in and of itself because it's if it's if there's people there they're driving they're getting value they're driving value to us whether it's in the form of um I mean, first and foremost is great for any business financial value. Second is learning ability to expand your services and do do more for your client. Um, yeah, so that's it's kind of just been yeah. a solution. And we've been talking to Podcast Chef as well throughout the process, and they're starting to position community into their initial sales process instead of just saying, "Hey, start a podcast." That's you know, this is an investment over six months a year where you can actually go and build your community and then you have an additional piece like additional asset for your organization that's just it's perpetual once you get it started yeah i think that's really powerful um because interestingly when we we have what we call the 3s approach here and we the first of those 3s is speed and what we mean by that is when we go in and we work with a new client the first thing we look at is what are the quickest wins? And the quickest wins always start with the data you already own. So your brand aware audiences. So if a, if we went into a company and they had a community they built and educated, it, it would be an absolute goldmine. But also you'd probably think that, that they're savvy enough that they built that community to do exactly what, what we're talking about, right? Which is create brand aware audiences through education and content marketing that they can then leverage right to to drive leads uh both from the community and referrals from from the community so i think i think it's a super powerful idea and i think um podcast chef you know adding that community element is is so powerful might might need to talk to them actually <laughs> uh well it's funny you say that i, I was gonna 
kind of start to wrap this up and say, uh, I love that this is turning into a strategy session. And if you need to send your bill, uh, send it over to Alex. Um, so a few questions, uh, a few questions I, I tend to ask at the end. Um, and we actually came up with this question because of you in our last conversation. And now we're asking it every single time. Um, and obviously it's going to encompass a lot of what we talked about, but how can you work with other marketing agencies and, and, you know, what services can you partner with other agencies? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. So you just gave yourself guess, on that one. That's a... yeah. <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, yeah. So, so in in terms of, I suppose we we've we've got to live, we've got to practice what we preach, and and at a certain point, you know, there's always overlap with what we do. I mean, the just last week I had a meeting with a guy who calls himself the collaboration junkie, and what he does is amazing. He teaches people about partnership marketing um and and he has different tiers right but he's all about giving businesses um the the tools to run it themselves right but as you can imagine like with business coaching or whatever else quite often those companies then turn around and go actually it's a lot of work it's a lot more work we want the outcomes but it's difficult to execute maybe we can't execute as well as you know a copywriter or, or someone could do so at that point we we kind of talked and we were like hey we're, we're both selling collaborations but we're perfect referral partners because a lot of my clients at the same time don't want a full-blown agency to implement for them they they want to go do it themselves they've maybe you know got marketing resources sat there it's not really performing hey well we'll go talk to dave at the collaboration junkie because He'll train them for you and you'll be able to, to execute at, at a small level. And maybe at that point, they, they've they done that and then they come back to us because they want to add scale to it, right? So I think there's loads of opportunities, even within businesses that feel really close to you. But at the same time, our clients have the same needs as any business, right? They, they need new websites. At some point, we might say, hey, you know, the partnership angle is growing like crazy, but have you considered SEO? It's going to help us. It's going to help you. You know, if we've got more data to work with, that that's great. Um, they might need to be rebranded and um, or they might need work on their positioning. And sometimes we don't feel we're the correct people to to do that. So so we're always what what we focus on with our clients is becoming trusted advisors to them. And sometimes that means a detriment to ourselves. So we have a rule here that if we're upselling to a client, do we genuinely believe they need what we're selling to them? You know, and, and if they don't, don't bother selling it because, you know, a lot of our clients we've worked with five years now. We have a really good relationship with, with the founder or the owner. And I don't want to jeopardize that for, for a quick buck. So and sometimes they ask us for things and we're not the right agency. So we send them to a specialist, which just builds the trust, right? So for me, it's about having the client's best interests in mind, focusing on what you're good at and delivering that, and then everything around it, you you advise them on, right? And you advise them, some of them come to us and go, we're not sure about this supplier, and we will advise on it. So yeah, I think, I think there's abundance of opportunities. There's loads of work to go around, right? Even uh, even your answer to that question, you referred someone else. Uh, so man, it is just in your blood to to do that. It's pretty amazing, man. Um, two more questions. Uh, are you guys looking to hire any positions right now? 
Yeah, it funnily enough, we've we've just um we've just offered someone a job literally before I got on this call. So um that that's pretty cool. Um hopefully they accept. I, sh- I should say I'll be careful. Um, but we're looking to grow quite quickly. So we feel like we've found we've truly found our niche. We we are delivering for our clients, our clients are scaling up what they're doing with us. Um is is feels like a really good time at, at the agency right now. So next year we'll we'll want to add to that. Um so so roles will become available. So keep an eye on it. If if people are looking, just connect with me on LinkedIn because I'm always interested to hear from interested interesting people. Sorry. So just drop me a line with you know if you want to drop me your CV, go for it. Yeah, you uh you get me pumped every time I want to like start a US branch for you or something. But uh all right, last yeah, question. Let's let's talk. <laughs> I half jokingly said that and half jokingly did not or er, uh meant that. So uh let's <laughs> we can talk <laughs> after. Um that's funny. Uh last question. Any book, podcast, or newsletter recommendations? Um, oh man. Uh in terms of book, the hard thing about hard things um is is great um that i find i think that's so so good even the title is like mm-hmm. this this stuff is hard like don't get into running a business if if you're not super resilient right it's it's gonna be really difficult so so that is is my book recommendation it depends where you're at in, in your journey but got loads more but I'm pr- probably running out of time. Um, podcast. I I love Diary of CEO. I don't know if you guys with Stephen Bartlett. Um, so Diary of CEO is cool. He gets some really really good people on there, like top both US and UK. Um, re- really top people. It's worth a listen to. And Stephen Bartlett, in his own right, is you know probably a, a very successful agency owner who's like. I, don't know, I think he's 29, 30 and worth about six, 700 million. So he kind of know, knows what he's talking about. And, and it's really, really good podcast. So yeah, check it out. Awesome. Uh, and as we come up to the end of the episode, I just want to give you an opportunity to mention how people can find you and anything else you'd like to end with. Yeah, sure. So uh, finding me LinkedIn, just search Henry McIntosh. Hopefully I, I come up somewhere um and feel free to connect with me what i always say when when people connect on linkedin because i got to the point where i had like ten thousand connections and probably knew about 200 of them was and then ended up removing right down to like 850 recently is just add a note and tell me that you listened to this podcast and you liked it or why you're wanting to connect and i'll always accept if someone comes comes to me with that but you know, it's when someone just connects with you and you're like, I have no idea. I don't want to add to the fodder. Yeah, that's a, it's a great follow up. If someone has questions and you listen to this episode directly for Henry, that's a great note to leave. Yeah, 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 for sure. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And for those of you who have learned something new from this episode, please consider giving us a like or a follow so we can continue getting the highest quality guests. And as always, thank you for listening, Henry. Uh, we This is the longest episode because it was just filled with so much amazing content. Um, and I, I think this is one of our better ones. So thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Masters in Marketing Agency podcast. I hope got a ton of value out of this episode. And before we go, I just want to thank our sponsors, DevNoodle. 
Devnoodle provides marketing agencies with the ability to offer their clients unlimited website design, build, and management services with fixed monthly plans. If website design, development, and maintenance is holding your agency back from growing, please reach out to us at devnoodle.com, where we make websites easy, easy for you and easy for your clients, devnoodle.com.